is session seven, slightly different format. I'm going to try and do 25-minute chunks. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. My Pomodoro is going to go off because I am so addicted to 25-minute chunks. My whole life has changed since I've met Laura. And just to give you a bit of an indication of how I see Laura, I see Laura like a cross between Gordon Ramsay and Sandra Bullock. This gorgeous, this gorgeous woman with a velvet hammer. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all it's all about results, right? So, so I'll take that. I'll own that. I'm good with it. Uh, and we're having so much fun. You're listening to the Clear Eye for the Fuzzy Guy. And if you haven't started at the beginning, go back and start really at the beginning because really we're building a story here. And if you've if you're a coach or you you know you're in a place in your in your work life where you're really you're a bit flat, you really haven't worked out what's going on. Sandra, Sandra, Laura, <laughs> <laughs> Laura has pulled this apart for me and been a bit brutal in the process. But I tell you what, I'm learning heaps of stuff, and I, I don't doubt. I haven't asked Laura yet, but I don't doubt she's got some goodies and some slaps over the wrist for me today because I've got professional ADD and I go off on a tangent. So what do you got for me? Where do you want to start? And, and first of all, how are you feeling? Yeah, I know. I'm down down under the weather a little bit. So um, so I apologize to everybody. If, if I sound like I've been swallowing frogs, I... Uh got infected by an 18-month-old. So I've decided that children, love this little girl, she's my niece, but children are Petri dishes. So you got to be careful when you're around them. Yeah, but, but you're, you're soldiering on. Rain, hail, or shine, it will get done. Absolutely. What do you do, you know? So, um, yeah, absolutely soldiering on. Was not about to reschedule this call with you. I've got cough drops here. I've got a hot tea in front of me, and we're just going to push on through because – as you know, part of my lifestyle is being able to work when I want to work and then take time off when I want to take time off. And on next uh, Tuesday, my husband and I are heading to Europe for a few weeks. So I can do that because of the way that I have set up my business, because I have a keen understanding of what my business model is, and because I have systems and processes in place that it'll have allowed me to document my business and then be able to hire other people to execute certain portions of it, especially with as much as I like to travel. So the one thing I can't outsource or will not outsource is being able to coach and coaching somebody like you. Therefore, we're going to have this uh, this call today, rain or shine, sick or healthy, um, and then you'll have a few weeks to uh, to be able to execute on some of the things that I give you today and, and some of the bitch slaps that you receive, yeah. and, then, and then we'll keep going. We'll keep going. <laughs> and uh, I'm doing the same. I'm going to Broome, a really funky place in Australia, one, one of Australia's iconic outback places. If you ever come to Australia, you've got to go to Broome. It's in far northwestern Australia, so we're going there in May. So this actually coincides with our both of our holidays. So we're going to have a bit of a break from this. It sort of officially ends the first season, if you want to think of it in a TV analogy, first season of Clear Eye for the Fuzzy Guy. You never know. This might turn into a web series. You never know. Could see us on YouTube talking in person. But um, we actually – you gave me a lot of homework. I mean, you gave me a lot of homework. And guess what? I did it. I mean, I, I just – I was brutal on myself. I'm like a robot now. 8 a.m. till 6 p.m., 25 minutes on, 
five minutes off and you'll hear the little bell go off soon when my 25 minutes are up. I, I just, I'm just absolutely addicted to this Pomodoro idea. Can you, uh, can you tell me what your, your expectations are or were of my homework and whether you thought I did them? Well, I think that you, um, I think you got shiny penny syndrome, quite honestly, and I'll, yeah, exp- yeah. I'll explain why. So, um, let's revisit what the homework was for just a moment. The homework was for you to identify the right audience and what they needed. And I suggested that you do a few things like identify some different areas where you can connect with that target audience and then feel for their, their pain points and what their problems are and, and what solutions you can offer. So you uncovered a ton of LinkedIn groups, Facebook groups, you connected with individuals. Um, but I'm curious to know if you in fact pulled them or did any type of survey to find mm. out what their pain points mm. were. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a very, very good question, and I can see a bitch slap coming right up. <laughs> but uh, let me just decode on what happened. So two weeks ago today, you gave me a lot of homework around the idea that you've got to pull apart the 10 products that you've got so far and work out which ones worked, which ones you can do again, and which ones you need to just put away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And you said that you're probably going to have one, but you might have three. Now, I've got 10 products, and I worked out that of the products that I did, only one of them really worked, and that's because it was for actors and actresses, and actresses and actresses need uh, actors and actresses need Twitter. You know, in order to work in the industry now, they've got to be au fait with the social media world, especially Twitter. So that was a beautiful morphing over my skill set. Uh, I've I've absolutely uh, had to you know sever an arm and give away Twitter for performers. I mean, I, it was a really hard decision, but I decided I'm never going to make money on that product because performers don't have any money. And I'm and I'm I, I had a, a real sort of red letter moment one day when I said, okay, I've been kidding myself. I love working with musos, but they've never they're never going to pay me. So if the goal is to get paid for what I do, I'm going to, I'm actually turning that into a pro bono freebie teaser offer. Twitterforperformers.com, there'll be an ebook there soon, and the six MP3s will be completely free and, and as part of your momentum building trust generator idea. Mm-hmm. And everything else just goes in the bin. You know, mumpreneurs, small business, you know, I've never made any money out of those cohorts and I'm just giving them up. Now, this is absolutely just revolutionary. So what happened as a result of that is I said, okay, actors and actresses can definitely benefit from Twitter. I had this absolute major inspiration, possibly in a way shiny penny syndrome, but absolutely major inspiration. And I got my original book out. That you know, we started with the three-year goal, and I says, "Okay, what am I doing here? What what am I really doing here?" And I worked, you know, worked out that the three-year goal is to make products that people want, and to travel twice a year. You're going to Broome in May, probably going to Argentina in November, and we want to do that every year. And in between, I'm going to make stuff. So I asked the question: If the other products are dead, or are not worth reinventing, and I don't have the heart for it anymore because I probably could do it, but I don't want to. What else could work? So I tried about six different things. I haven't told you this because this really is shiny penny. I tried actors. I tried TV. I tried radio. I tried bloggers. I tried podcasters. I tried 
tra- uh, tourism. Okay. And I went and I went really, 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 really deep in LinkedIn. Um, and I was going for hours and hours and hours connecting. I've got about two hundred and eight new connections overnight on LinkedIn. I've got fifteen hundred and fifty eight connections on LinkedIn now, and I'm talking to every one of them. I mean, this is not very good, efficient use of my time, but it's the real me. Yeah. Okay, but does the real you want to make money and build a business, or does the real you want to get distracted talking to fifteen hundred people? But keep going. Yeah. So you asked the question: Did I poll them? Well, I did. Yes, I did poll them, but I did it individually. Okay. So you know, I personally don't resonate with the forum model. You know, the LinkedIn groups, uh, Google communities. Quora.com. I just really dislike that model where you join this big plethora of people and you throw out a question and you play this game where everyone's sort of bantering on. You know, I really dislike that model. I just can't do it effectively. I just get lost in the mix. But I really love chatting to a funky radio announcer in Toronto who's doing the breakfast shift about what she would really love to see me create for Twitter. And then say, so, okay, it takes a bit more time. But I connected with this really cool, you know, breakfast announcer in Toronto. Toronto, we call it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and she's given me the goss on what radio announcers need when they're doing the breakfast shift in Toronto. And So that's good. Oh. That's absolutely good information to have. And it's really good to connect one-on-one with people. But here's the only problem with one-on-one. And one of the reasons that... I recommended a poll and I actually don't um, exclude one or the other. I think both are equally important. But the reason that groups, um, you know, whether it's a Facebook group or it's throwing a question out on Reddit and interacting or putting something into a, a forum, whatever the case may be, the reason that is equally important is because when you build a connection with somebody one on one and you have a rapport, they are going to filter their responses more. When you throw a, um, a survey out to, you know, or even just a few questions out to people that you don't have a rapport with, mm. you are typically going to get more honest, unedited answers. Yeah, yep, that is true. You know, I'm really, I'm really fascinated by this because I've been asking this question of a few friends. Look, I personally do not feel comfortable joining a group and asking a question on the first day. That is like asking to go home with someone after buying them one drink. Well, no, and you shouldn't. But joining a group and getting to know the group, connecting with a couple of people in that group, answering questions and interacting with questions that other people post, and then posting your own is is the you know, the way to do it. It's dating. It's going on the first date, the second date, the third date, having some great communication and then going ahead and, and taking it to the next level. Mm. Okay. So it's a variation on the theme, but is it just as time consuming? What you're saying there sounds like it's just as time consuming as talking to people one-on-one. You've got you to join a group. You've got to build rapport. You've got to banter. You've got to say hello. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. And then you ask a question. Well, it is, you know, it's, it is time consuming, which is why you want to be dealing with the right niche, but it's the right type of time to spend okay. because okay. 
think about where you've spent your time in the past. You've spent your time creating products that nobody wants and nobody needs and they don't solve the pain. So you've spent hours, tens and, and hundreds of hours creating all of these various products that didn't mm. yield you any profit. But if instead you had maybe said, okay, I'm going to set 40 hours aside, 10 hours a week for 10 or for four weeks in a row. And I'm going to use that as my opportunity to data mine, to get the information that I need so that I can build the right product because that will allow you. and, And we'll talk about whether or not the right product is even the road that you should be going down, but that gives you clarity and Yes, that is time consuming, but it's the right time spent. Time that you spend on the front end to identify the right audience, the needs that they have, and the proper solution that they're going to want is the absolute best place to spend your yeah. time. I, I, li- I listened again and again to the four or five episodes we did last week, and um, you kept coming back to this. You kept coming back to this idea that you've got to spend the time here. Mm-hmm. And let me just decode f- for what I did, and I, I'm really interested in your thoughts here because what, you, what you're asking me to do there is a little bit challenging for my personality and actually a little bit um, dif- difficult to do functionally. I'll tell you why. So I joined I, – I actually did a heap of research in LinkedIn, which I love now. I love it. I think I'm absolutely becoming a LinkedIn addict. And um, I, f- I found all these really fun, really great groups in actors of actors, of TV people, of radio people, not so much tourism people, but I'm sure there'd be groups there too, of bloggers, of podcasters, of, you know, authors. But the problem with joining those groups is you have to be one. You know, I don't work in TV, but I want to work with people who work in TV. I don't. I can't communicate about working in TV. I'm, I don't have a TV show. I don't know how to put TV together, but I want to work with people who have a TV show. So I can't join these groups. I can't join them. I mean, they're for industry professionals only. So Mean, that, meaning you've tried and you were denied. Mm, okay. Or- or meaning you just assumed you couldn't join them because... Well, they have rules. So there's rules up with LinkedIn. They have rules. This this group is for TV professionals only. So who's to say you're not a TV professional? If your job is to help TV professionals establish a, t- a presence on Twitter so that mm-hmm. they can be more widely known, aren't you a TV professional? Wow. Okay. Okay. That's a different take on that. It's so interesting. I joined a ton of CEO groups along, but this goes back a while. Was I a CEO? No. Did all of them say you had to be a CEO? Hmm, yeah, pretty much. What, okay. what guys did I join oh. under that I work with CEOs, helping them coach, develop and train their teams. Okay. And you, you got accepted by the community over time. Mm-hmm. Because I was an asset, but I didn't, you know, in a lot of those cases, you, you don't even have to interact and ask questions to get the information that you're after. If you're in a group that's all TV professionals, they're going to be sharing what they're struggling with and sharing what their concerns are. Mm. Yeah, actually, this is, this is really important. So you've given me a really good lead there. I personally didn't want to join a group of actors and actresses because I'm not an actor. I'm not. I've never done any acting, and I'd probably be really terrible at it because it's not my interest. Mm-hmm. 
But what I am very interested in is I am very interested in making all sh- make sure that all the friends of mine that are actors get more work. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm a marketer for actors. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm working in the acting industry, if you want to call it that. Correct. And it's the same would be. So let me just join some of these groups from that premise and see if they'll let me in. Yeah. And then once they once they've let me in, I might just watch for a while. Exactly, because like as an example, I belong to um, an SEO mastermind group, and we ha- we have meetings that we get together, live meetings, but then we also have a private Facebook group. And a lot of times there's discussions that take place. There are other people asking questions. There's people with more experience answering them where I don't even have to ask questions. I just have to pay attention, read Mm. the posts and understand what issues people are facing so that I can help find a solution. Oh, that, look, okay, that's good. I did, I'm so glad we clarified that because I just didn't feel comfortable joining because I didn't have anything to contribute, but I'd be happy to watch, uh, happy to sit in. I, I actually listened to this amazing interview this week about split testing, and this person, a copywriter, was saying, you know, when she wanted to learn to write for college students, she went and sat, sat in a cafe. Mm-hmm. of a university she just sat in the cafe and ordered them you know a happy meal or whatever they have there and she just sat in the back and she just sort of listened to them banter and she goes wow i would never have thought of that i would never thought of saying that that way mm-hmm. isn't that interesting she just was a fly on the wall and that's sort of what you're asking me to do isn't it be a fly on the wall of actors and actresses and get their language their lingo their pain points and say well geez you know i can get that i can help you with that Yeah, because again, you know, we had the conversation during the last call about if you're told to build a house, you're instantly picking out paint colors and deciding, you know, what the interior trim is going to look like, but you haven't even laid the foundation yet. So we need to go back to the foundation. And and the other thing that's kind of important to to visit, because it actually kind of parallels what we're talking about, you had sent me an email about um, that you have a lot of creative friends and creative followers and that they were asking you, um, what if you are the product and what if you do what you do? Like what if, you know, who you are is what you do. Mm. Um, you know, you'd sent me that email and you've asked, do you, do you have to choose one or the other? Do you have to choose between being creative and making money? And one thing I shared with you was the fact that if you really think that all the way through, let's, let's just take, a, mm. a singer as an example mm. a singer may be a singer that is who they are that is what they do but the singer does not produce their record they do not generally design the artwork they don't manufacture the cd they don't do the marketing there's all these other things that yeah. takes place with being a singer which is essentially outsourcing right it it, it is the methodology towards how that works when you are a singer you are a singer all these other pieces and components are taken care of by other people and i I mentioned that to my friends and i love that idea because a lot of um, outsourcing is a big concept for a lot of people and i think we need to talk about this in the next section because we're coming up to our 20 minutes ding-a-ling-a-ling and it's going to go off i want to show you how that feels to have a pomodoro but the big question that i get from people is well what happens if i'm an author and i've got a book in me and the book is the book I'm not going to ask people what they want me to write about. I've got a book. I want people to buy my book. I don't want to write what they want. I've got a book. 
Do you know how many books get written that never, ever, ever get purchased? Writers, every day there's another book written. There's, Keith, like there are so many books written that never a single copy is sold. Mm. Why? Because it's not written to an audience. It, you know, it again, if, if you just want to write the book to accomplish something, then that's great. Do it. But if what you want to do is build a business or write a book that's going to be sitting on the, you know, Barnes and Noble bookstore shelves with a sticker on it that says New York Times bestsellers, then you have to write a book based on what people need. It's, you know, it's problem solution and, no matter what the, the entity is. And there must be a middle ground, isn't there? So if someone really, really, really wants to write, say, a romantic fiction novel set in the 21st or 22nd century on a starship, just say – because that's a premise. So the Star Trek Enterprise and you've got, uh, you know, you're in the 24th century, say, and there's a there's a love interest and there's a captain and there's Klingons and there's all sorts of goodies and baddies. And someone really wants to write that book because that's the book that's in their mind. There's a, there is a market for that. Do you know what I mean? When you're talking about fiction, you, you, you could identify romance novels that are set in the future. So that might be a smaller niche, but there is a niche. Romance novels that have to do with the vampires and werewolves are huge right now. But you just got to identify the niche. You can still put your own flavor on it, right? So I have my own flavor in terms of how I do the marketing for my business. Now, I still have a specific niche that I'm working towards that all my, my products have been designed for. Um, but I approach the marketing with a little bit different spin so that it's my flavor. So I'm not and saying that you need to cookie cut, but you need to be mindful of what people need and what the solution is and if they are who they are and do what they do. And let me tell you why I bring this up. When you are talking about actors and TV personalities and radio personalities, do you really think that they have the time to learn Twitter? The way that you're talking about to grow them to a multi-million yeah. person follower. It's a very – geez, that's a good question. We need to decode that in the next section. But um, basically the idea is you are right. There's two very, very distinct approaches to social media. One is I'll teach you how to do it, but you have to do it, which is the approach I take because I don't want to do it for others. And the other approach, which is much more uh, – beneficial and i may have to do this part of the time is look if you can't be bothered i'll do it for a fee mm -hmm. you know just pay me 50 bucks an hour and i'll tweet my head off for you and well, i know friends in la and trinidad and sydney and melbourne and san francisco that do that and make thousands of bucks a month yeah and and you know let's um we're, we're coming up on 25 minutes so i know your pomodoro is going to go off but you know let's Let's decode that a little bit further because the $50 an hour is not the way to do it. Um, but it could be that since you've identified a niche that needs to have a strong Twitter presence, it could be that maybe the thing to do is not just try and sell a product to them. Maybe the thing to do is to have products that are also accompanied by a service. And we can break mm -hmm. that down more um, in, this, in this next portion of the call. As a JV... So um, uh, ordinarily, ordinarily, I would let I would let it naturally finish, but I want people to hear the Pomodoro ding a ling a ling because I really want people to get this idea of the Pomodoro. If people are not doing the 25-minute thing, I really want them to f feel what it feels like to get the um, ding-a-ling-a-ling -a -ling coming on to, to let you know that something is finished. 
one minute, 24 seconds to go, that because what happens with this Pomodoro, and this whole series is based on this, that I was a creative, was, still am, a creative dude that just does what I want when I want, and it's not working. It's just not working. And this whole idea of writing a book because you want to write it, well, fine, write the book, and it'll sit on your shelf, and there'll be a 100 books in your shed, and no one will buy them. This is sort of where you're going with that. Yeah, if you, you know, if you decide that you're going to create a widget, but there's nobody in this world that needs the widget, that's awesome that you created the widget and you felt good about the accomplishment, but you're not going to sell it. So, you know, there's, you don't have to forsake one for the other, but you have to find the balance between the two. Mm. Mm. I think that's very, very true because I was just chatting to someone this week who's written a book and she, he's so proud that he's written the book and he's not that fussed about selling it mm-hmm. and he's just not doing the work mm-hmm. around selling it because he's so excited. I know a lot of authors like this. They're so excited that they've got a book. They just don't put any effort. This actually happens with creative people. So we need to pull apart in the next section, musos, authors, probably actors, TV people, radio people, they're so happy to be in the the zone, they don't put any work into their marketing, do they? No, but that's okay. They can be in the zone because they are what they do. A singer is who they are. It is what they do. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. So I, I just wanted to do that one time. I won't do it every time, but I just wanted to give you the sense that, you know, I have to I have to time myself now. I've got absolutely ADD on a on a massive scale, you know, uh, 11 out of 10 if you want to use a spinal tap analogy. And um, <clears throat> I've got ADD turned up to 11. I've got a martial amp turned up to 11. <sighs> and so that's the end of part one, the idea that, okay, I, I did have shiny penny syndrome. I thought I was on the money. But again, bitch slap. (laughs) (laughs) So let's come back in part two. We'll decode this idea of um, not only having products but also having services, the idea that if you're a creative person, it's very important to at least acknowledge what people want and not just to be purely creative if you want to make money. If you just want to be creative to be creative, you can do whatever you want. But chances are no one's going to buy your stuff. And I, I, you know, I'm interested to play that out and have serious discussions with people about that. But let's end that one there. We'll come back in a few minutes with part two and we'll go a bit deeper. <laughs> 